Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, 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 what is up? What the hell is up? It's the chop up and it's Sterls for the girls and my dog. All bro, Poe, we in this thing. We are in this thing. What's up? It's another, it's another victory week. You know what I'm saying? Just another one. What, what, what you smoking a dolphins pack right now? Y'all is the fins pack. You smoking that fins pack? Fishy pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that today. It's good to be back in the saddle, man. Uh, you know, last week I had a little uh company golf tournament doing that, so that was fun. I had a little bit too much to drink, and so you know, the, the squad came through for me. So I appreciate it. And the week before that, I was traveling from Buffalo. You know, I feel like a lot has happened. I ain't seen you in a minute, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh it's been a it's been a great couple of weeks, although like up and down. Uh, Jordan didn't get to play this week, so it was kind of mm-hmm. like I always like it. Always the vibe is not the same when Jordan's not playing for me. So uh, yeah, it makes sense. It's cool. Yeah. Well, this show is brought to you by the Jordan Poyer Foundation. You already know what it is. That is the sponsor of the Chop Up this season. Shout out to Jordan Poyer, man. I hope and you would know, but I hope he gets healthy. Because we got to see him on the on the field in London. That'd be nice. I know you probably can't say whether or not he's going to play, but uh, it would be nice. But shout out to to what you and your family do on and off the field, man. And thank you for sponsoring the show. So if you guys uh, don't know, this is your first time to the show, make sure you give Buffalo Rumblings a follow. Like, follow, and subscribe to The Chop Up and everything that we got going on here at Buffalo it Rumblings. Costs nothing. It costs <laughs> nothing to like, follow, and subscribe. That's true. It's free. It's free. It's free. So do it. All right. So let's let's get into this thing, man. Um, shoot. You know, I don't even know where to really where to start with you because it's been so long. Like, I mean, I think we probably said one or two words in the chat or whatever. We've been both been doing our own thing. I'll, start, I'll I can start with something if you want. Go ahead. I can start with something. And I and I'd love to get your, your uh recap afterwards. Okay. I, I tweeted this and I think that we both I don't want to say an apology because I wasn't as harsh, but I I feel like the majority of Bills fans owe a, um, a salute to Terrell Bernard, to Spencer Brown, and to the defense as a whole. Um, I feel like we were fairly hard on Spencer Brown and Terrell mm-hmm. Bernard, and fairly so. They did not play that well in the preseason. Or Terrell Bernard didn't play, and we had questions about the middle linebacker position, and Spencer Brown didn't play that well um, in the preseason. But they have been playing extremely well, those two in particular. Um, and I feel like I owe that shout-out because if, if if I'm willing to to yell out the, the problems with it, I need to yell out their successes too. So um, shout-out to those two in particular and the defense as a whole because we didn't really talk about the defense much in the offseason. We talked about the offense in general. So – um, your perspective on those two positions and how you feel about it. And if you're a go on Terrell Bernard and Spencer Brown, or if you're a 
you know what I mean? <laughs> no, nah, you know what? I agree, man. I agree because, you know, we, I was hard on Terrell Bernard. I was hard on Spencer Brown. And if the shoe fits, you got to wear it. But, you know, it's cool, though, because, like, I can be wrong. And I was wrong. Like, um, they – it's really easy to get caught up in what a player has done in the past and, and what they haven't done thus far, being both being young players. I, w- I give um, Terrell Bernard more benefit of the doubt than I do Spencer Brown. But he's looked really good. Spencer Brown has played really well. Offensive line is not perfect. Like, you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. But he's played extremely well so far. Right, Terrell Bernard, who would have saw that coming? Who would have saw that coming? Like, what a revelation that is. I mean, I made a tweet uh, a week ago, or no, on Sunday, I said, the Bills might have two of the best playmaking linebackers in the league in Milano and Bernard, and that's not being a homer. Like, that is real talk right there. Them boys are balling. It it argues the question, is this the new version of a linebacker group that you're going to start getting is it going to be two will linebacker like not <clears throat> will like two outside linebackers that can move <clears throat> and go do doing away with because i had this conversation if you're going to take away from the running back position and say okay well we don't want to pay running backs anymore to be that premier back unless you're a receiving running back and a running mm-hmm. running back you know what i mean yeah. So if that's the case, is linebackers going to do away with the big downhill bully linebacker and start bringing in like the Milanos and the, the Terrell Bernards and playing a 226 linebacker that can move sideline to sideline? That is interesting moving forward if Terrell Bernard starts ha- keeps having the success that he's been having. Somebody's going to steal that and it's going to it's going to be one of those where it keeps going and keeps going as long as people finding success. So um, that's a Pretty big Terrell Bernard's success is a pretty big deal, I feel like, across the league because that's the start of a um, what is it called? Uh, so effect that they right, keep right. You know? the NFL is a copycat league, right? And I think we forget that Matt Milano was a safety converted to linebacker, yeah. right? Terrell Bernard has the same body type as uh, Matt Milano, that safety looking. You know, these guys are like it, it kind of reminds me of like the Tampa two under Tony Dungy, right, where they kind of eventually moved to smaller defense linemen, defensive ends, you know, that can move. And like Dwight Freeney was one that comes to mind, small in stature, like an Elvis Doomerville playing defensive end with the Ravens and the Broncos and stuff like that. Even though you play linebacker, but you play defensive end, too. I think we're starting to see a shift with the linebackers. If you look at. Um, the the Bengals linebacker, uh, the kid from uh, Wyoming, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now, but he's one of those, I would say, very eerily similar to Matt Milano in terms of like matchup style coverage linebacker. Um, it makes sense. You made a really, really good point about the running back, va- the, the running back position being devalued and you're seeing, you know, smaller, quicker linebackers that can cover. Right. Yeah, and, and all that like is predicated on the fact that you have two safeties that'll come down and play in the box, and a nickel that can cover and play in the box as well. So yeah, like you have to build around it. But if you can get linebackers that are, can move sideline to sideline and still defend the run, like how we've been running it, uh, doing it the first four games, like we played some solid running teams that like the the Raiders, where right. their best guy didn't. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. A- 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 oh, A-Chain. Yeah, he ran pretty well. He ran pretty well as far as – but they, they they dialed stuff up for him, and he's like a scat back. And um, But we've done fairly well against the run with smaller linebackers, so I just feel like that's got to be a, a, the wave of where people start going so that they can cover these all these receivers and still play against the run. Yeah, man. One of the things, like going back and watching the All-22, looking at Milano, looking at Bernard, just seeing how like fluid they are, like we talked about moving their hips, going sideline to sideline, but their pass coverage responsibilities and how they're so sound with their technique and with the system that they're playing in to be able to, you know, cap routes and mirror routes of, of highly touted wide receivers that are quick, right? Um, first of all, 
we're talking about giving out praise like Sean McDermott. Like we, I, I got to give him a lot of love, man, because I was critical of him coming into this season because I wanted to know what defensive or statistical like advantage do we get from having Sean McDermott as our defensive coordinator, right? Like, so when we face the NFL's top offenses, do we have an answer for him? And it, lo- it looks like, yeah, we got an answer for guys like that. I think the, the base defense uh, that he runs was used previously. I just think that the way he's calling it is different from Leslie. It's more aggressive. It's more mm-hmm. showing different. Like I enjoy the way he's calling it and yeah. it doesn't, the defense itself, like Leslie ran the defense the way it was supposed to be run. It's just like McDermott is able to, is a little bit more aggressive with the way he calls the defense, which is the only difference in my opinion is how it's being called play to play. Yeah. Uh, I love that. You know what I mean? He's, and he's yeah. playing it. He's, he's calling it. Well, and that's the one thing I'll give to, to McDermott. And I'll also, as, as critical as I am, and I may not like the way he does some business. Brennan Bean has the decisions that he's made has shown to pan out. Uh, yeah. Leaving Tremaine Edmonds and bringing back Ed Oliver, who's played extremely well. Yeah. Um, and while I was, I'm critical of like Tremaine not coming back, it's our run, our defensive line has played outstanding and Terrell Bernard has fit right in. So I, I, uh, there's some, I still wish uh, Tremaine would have went back, but I'm no longer on that bandwagon of he made the wrong decision. Whereas yeah. prior, I I'm, I would have said it was the wrong decision. So I, ha- I have an idea. Tell me what you think about this. So, you know, we talk about Sean McDermott called the Miami Dolphins offense revolutionary this past week. And, you know, we see outliers in sports like, the the Warriors and and what they do, how they use and deploy Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and the NFL. We see how the the Dolphins are being deployed, and I mean not the Broncos, but the Dolphins are being deployed and used with their legendary offense. Right? What it feels like to me, McDermott is calling a defense that can be kind of considered as one of those outlier types of system oriented defenses where he can get players to perform at a higher level than what we really expect. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you look at guys like you just mentioned, Ed Oliver, right? <clears throat> Top 10 pick, but it hasn't really lived up to expectations. But this year, under Sean McDermott calling the defense, it feels like he's he's calling things at the defensive line schematically to free up guys. Like the sack with Greg Rousseau coming on the inside, one of his two sacks, he was on the inside, and and how they manipulate, they, they blitz, they stacked on the right side, right? So now you had a free guy running on one of his sacks, and then the other one he kind of looped inside, uh, you know. And I thought, okay, like he is really like McDermott's <laughs> really calling this defense. Like this system that he has looks pretty good, man. I, it's as far as revo- as far as revolutionary. I'm I'm not sure. I because it is predicated on having the personnel. You have to have safeties. Mm-hmm. that are able to come up in the box and uh, show things late. And like, and not many people can do that. Like the communication has to be there for this defense to work. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I mean, I haven't seen like, I like a, and I don't want to hit on him that he's hurt, but like, I just couldn't see Jamal Adams playing in this defense. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and he's a, he could be a good safety and I've, I've hated on him in the past. He could be a good safety in a certain defense that fits him. And I, I just don't think that if you could have any safeties and come in and play the same defense that, that be like, maybe it should, I, I'm okay. But Jamal Adams is a linebacker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even though he has an <laughs> S tied to his position, that man's a linebacker. He plays more in the box, way more in the box than he does single high or, 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 you know, split safety. Right. So, if he was in this defense, don't you think he'd be a, a labeled as a linebacker? Labeled as a linebacker because well, he'd be still playing strong safety. Like he would, he would probably be the Saran Neal of this defense if he was here. Sure, um, but like if he's going to play strong safety, there, there's certain strong safeties that I just don't think can play in this defense. Right, and there's certain free safeties that I don't think can play in this defense. Right, that can only play in the in the post. Like Mike Hyde can play. Michael Hyde can play in the post. He can come down into the box, and and they can show different things. 
I just don't think that you can play this specific defense with safeties that have to play one or the other. Right. And the, and the beauty, I mean? the beauty about the bills and what we're seeing is we got safeties that can do both. Right. Jordan can come down and lay the wood. And we saw that when he played, right. And come Taren. down and support, right. Taryn can do it. Right. Taryn is can a big do piece. Yeah. Taryn yeah. is a big piece. You have, if you're going to play nickel the entire time, like you have to have, you have to have a, a, a dog at nickel. And so, um, it, it can be revolutionary if people design their entire personnel sure. around it, but I just, it's hard to do that. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So here, here, here we go. So who's coming back? Is Vaughn, is Vaughn says, I don't know if you watched his Bleacher Report, the Vaughn cast the, today, but Vaughn says he's 90% coming back this week. What do you think about that? Um, I always thought that Vaughn, would be back. I I thought he could have been back week one if it was like a if it was like a must win game type of situation. Which obviously in week one that wouldn't be the case. But like, right. had he gotten hurt in the off season and then if it was going to be a playoff game week one time time frame, I think he would have played. Um, he's the type of guy that just understands how to come back quickly from injuries. Like I and there's certain guys that can do it. Um, there's certain guys that can't, <laughs> you know, and like as much as I, I, and I like shout out to Trey. Like, I know that's got to be hard, but Trey is a guy that like, he's not a, he's not a, like it, Vaughn's insane. Like Vaughn is like, his mindset is like crazy. His yeah. body, the way he, the way he works, the way it's just a crazy mindset to where him being back does not surprise me whatsoever. Okay. So before we continue <clears throat> on, uh, Line of game is tonight after the chop up. So join Sarah and my dog Jerry O. All right, the big cheese over there. They're gonna be doing they're gonna be doing line of game tonight, right after this show. So be sure that you guys stick around and tune in. Um, all right, so and I think I don't know if Sarah, I know she's going to London. Sarah, have you left yet? Like, nah, are you she, still in town? She packed four different four different bags because it is, they don't know if it's gonna be hot or cold out there. Boy, that is that is a lifestyle, ain't it? Just you know, we us us small people on it, you know what I'm saying? We at home, you know, just just chilling, you know what I'm saying? Big dogs get to go out and hang out in London, London, mate, London, eh? Yeah, that was terrible. But um, all right, so you made a you made a comment that I'm a little interested in mm-hmm. talking about Brandon Bean. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's fair to hold some sort of skepticism when it comes to drinking the Kool-Aid, trusting the process. Um, I've been critical of him and his draft selections, not so much his free agent decisions and his moves, but just from the draft. And it appears he's now starting to get some production out of guys like Ed Oliver, AJ Epinesa, right? Um, Terrell Bernard, James Cook is, is looking, I mean, if we can get some of these guys to start to continue to perform, like it bodes well, it bodes well for the bills for the future. Right. Yeah. So go ahead. Did you, go ahead. No, I, the, I just, what I was saying as far as the Brendan Bean situation, I may not like the way he does his business, um, but you can't argue with the results that he's had, even if you questioned it in the beginning. Like, sure. Um, I questioned it because Ed Oliver hadn't been what he is now for the last two years, or at least what he's been showing. Um, Greg Rousseau has been phenomenal. Um, AJ Vanessa is is coming into what they wanted him to be. And I always said with AJ, like they brought him in, he was a big body three tech and they wanted him to move to edge. And so he had to lose all this weight. And then now he's, now he's a guy that like is the body type to absolutely be a good edge, good second edge rusher, and I think they made the right decision as far as between Boogie and him staying. So um, there's a lot of decisions that were made last year coming into this year that were questioned, um, and they've all panned out for the most part. Um, yeah, that that I can see. So I give Brandon bring, being credit for that, even if I may not like some of the choices that he makes, but he's been. He's been hidden. Yeah. So, all right. So, in our in our chat, I don't know if you <clears> saw <throat> the article, but there is this idea floating around, right? Mm-hmm. 
we see the Denver Broncos being a complete and utter, you know, show, right? Um, they're at a place where they don't have a roster that can win. They got, you know, a quarterback that's making way too much money. Um, <clears throat> they, they got a, a problem with Vance Joseph as defensive coordinator, and they don't have the dogs necessarily to do what he wants to do in that scheme, it feels like. Justin Sim is one of the best safeties in the league. But the the player I want to focus on, because he was the, the point of this article, was Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Patrick Sertan, to me, PS2, is one of the top three corners in this league right now. And there's this idea being floated around, like, if you're the Broncos, you need to try to figure out how to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Okay? You don't have, you know, a ton of assets, but you do have some. <clears throat> what do you think? And and we're 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 going to wildest dreams land here. What do you think? Shout out to Joe Miller. What do you think about the Bills being interested in Patrick Sertan? What, what would you do it, and what would the cost be? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> what would the cost be? Are you asking me? Is that article asking anybody or saying anything that's like? It's hypothetical. Do I want one of the best cornerbacks in the league on my Bills team? Absolutely. Basically, what he's saying is Brandon Bean should get on a call with the Broncos GM and, and try to try to get Patrick Sertan in light of the Tredavis White injury is what he is what the article is basically saying. Yeah, I mean, if that was a that was a possible call, Max, make him say no. Yeah, like like that's. Absolutely. I just don't – if that was a possibility prior to Trey White getting hurt, you should have done that. You sure. know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that that's a possibility. So, like, I, I have a really hard time looking back past reality. And if it happens, like, don't. Like, I'll be I'll be super ecstatic that, that we got one of the best, if not the best, cornerback in the NFL on this already top one defense, top two defense in the NFL. So, I just – I don't see a world where we give like I would give up a first, but like I don't see a world where Denver's okay with that. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, you you never know. Um, I if if it if I I mean if I'm being I I definitely give it a shot, but yeah. I don't necessarily think the Bills need to do this just because of the scheme that they run and how. You know, Sean has these guys dialed in. I'm not saying, like, he wouldn't be an upgrade because he definitely would. He would definitely change some things on offense and give you more um, things to do from a matchup perspective that you can use and deploy him. I mean, it would be a great chess piece to have. He's got two or three years left on his deal currently. Um, So I I just don't think that it's likely. But, boy, him and his defense, golly, it would be nasty. But McDermott's calling card is the defensive backs, right? And, and I think, he, you know, <clears throat> even though we're not as high on a Dane Jackson, you know, or Kyrie Elam, I think those guys are going to play well in this in this defense. I mean, they they have – Christian Benford is played, if not one of the best number two cornerbacks right now in um, the NFL. Like, he's played at that level for four straight games. I – I think his passer rating when targeted was like one of the bottom five as far as quarterbacks, or bottom ten maybe as far as quarter. I guess that would be incorrect. The top ten as far as quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and Dane Jackson is somebody that they were extremely happy with going. So I just don't, I I don't think I see an upgrade um, from a quarterback one perspective, I do see them picking up maybe a guy like Greedy Williams and having him on the practice squad and vying Kyrie Lim for that for that third quarterback spot. I could see that happening. Um but I, I don't see any significant upgrade at corner. Yeah, I mean it's not like, you know, teams are just dangling <laughs> starting caliber cornerbacks on the market and say come right. and get them. Right. right? <laughs> it's, it's first really of all, hard to find those <laughs> Right. Like if, if it was that easy, I'd call Seattle right now and give me Witherspoon right now. I'll call the Jets. Let me get sauce. <laughs> sauce. Give me Let me sauce. Get sauce. Yeah, <laughs> for real. By the way, wasn't that a BS call on him? 
Come on. I think that it was BS that it was called so late because it looked like he was waiting to see if it was completed. Yeah. I do think that it was holding. Oh, man, that was holding. It's like soft, but he did hold. But it was just like, dude, don't wait to see. It's like going in for a layup and then the ref waiting to see if you make it to call a foul. Like, that's whack. That should not be. That should not be. You know what I mean? Like, that flag should have been out five seconds ago or not at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, that whole game in and of itself, I, I mean, I knew the Chiefs were going to win. I, I mean, I just knew it, right? I, I didn't have much confidence in Zach Wilson pulling that out. But then, man, it's like it's third down, third and 20, and you can't stop Mahomes on a scramble. And because, you know, you got a, a left tackle holding like crazy, like dude couldn't even move like that to me, man. That And the ref was looking right at him. I mean, that's what he does, right? Everybody's so worried about sticking – to the receivers, that's the that's the threat that that's the threat that Mahomes has as far as being able to make any throw for super long time. Um, he's just sitting back there, sitting back there, sitting back there. Like you got to give up something if you're going to play sticky coverage for a long period of time, and it just happened to be his legs. So uh, yeah. it's tough, but um, that defensive line's got to get there one way or another. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Look, you you even got. Daryl right here talking about some. He agrees. You just you just picking up fans, bro. All pro Bo. <laughs> That's his name, y'all. All right. So moving on. So let's let's talk about man. Let's talk about this uh this Dolphins game real quick while we got time because man, like I was I was nervous going into this one. I ain't gonna cap. Like I was nervous. Like I I I didn't know. I didn't know if the Bills would be up up for it, to be honest. No Jordan Poirier, like, in that offense, so high octane and, and, you know, speed and exploiting. Like, I didn't see it, man. I did not see it. I'm not – I don't know whether or not I – my prediction before Jordan um, was ruled out was 27-21. I don't know if anybody could have predicted how well our offense was going to play. Um, but I thought we win. I, 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 I had no, like, I, I think people took that and I don't want to downplay the Dolphins offense. Sure. Right? Sure. Especially against the Broncos. They played an elite offense against the Broncos. And that offense is something that people should steal from. That is like, regardless of what happened this last weekend, that offense is something where those motions should be stolen from the, the little scat motions that they have that people should steal that and put that into the repertoire i just wasn't as high on the dolphins as a lot of other people were because of that 50 point win we just played the redskins who or excuse me the football team who the commanders the commanders did all these name changes <laughs> we just played the commanders who play has played well offensively for yeah three weeks outside of us and we kept them to three uh really zero but uh, pity three points at the end of the game and people were looking at it like, oh, it's just the commanders. They've been putting up 30 pieces on teams for the last three weeks before, for two weeks before that, and then last week. I knew how good our defense was. Our defense has been, gave up 17 points to the Jets, or maybe, or I can't remember what it was before overtime, but, and we had four turnovers in that game. Right. I know how, I know how elite our defense is, and it's going to get even better when Vaughn and Jordan are playing. Um, but that's just, that's just how good our defense was, and people have been downplaying our defense the entire time. That's why people were so nervous about this game. I wasn't that nervous. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's easy to overthink. And then when you have the, the NFL media hype train following the Dolphins, it, it's hard, you know. It's uh, And then, you know, I look at the Bills, I'm like, all right, like they've underperformed. In, in some key moments like playoffs, right? Like, so you think, okay, like this is a high octane offense with a really good head coach, offensive coordinator. I think it's going to pose some problems. And uh, coming into that game, man, the Bills, I was just impressed with Josh Allen. Like, we knew he, we know he's like elite. That's not in question for us. But man, it felt good to see him ball out so everybody can remember who 17 is. It was really good to see him come out and do his thing, man. Josh Allen was killing it. I, this is this was my thing for like what was he being hated on for against the Jets game? Those four or 
three to four plays, the fumble included. Three to four plays he played, like, pretty poorly that cost the game. Those three to four plays. Right. The rest of that Jets game, he played how we wanted Josh to play for two years now. He was playing good ball, taking what they were giving him for the for the majority of that Jets game. That continued outside of the turnovers into the next game. That continued into the uh, uh, Commanders game, and that continued into the Dolphins game. He's been he's been playing the way that we we talked about him playing in the right. offseason all year, taking what they give us. And outside of those four turnovers in the Jets game, he has not been anything short of amazing at quarterback outside of four plays. And those four plays, don't get me wrong, did cost us that game. <laughs> but yeah, right, right, but right. Outside, outside of those four plays, he's been playing fantastic football. And I don't know why anybody expected anything different going into this game. Now, playing that, scoring that many points, that has to go – your D has to be playing right, your your offense, special teams. like Things have to work out the way they did. And Diggs went crazy this week. Like that, Those things are – those are things that you can't expect. Diggs catching a hitch and going 50. But he's taken what the defense has given him, and I we, we shouldn't have expected anything less than that. So he's top five in passing yards right now. He's, he's one second. in percentage, is he not, or second? Yeah, yeah he's 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 uh, top of the league in completion percentage. Second in touchdowns, right? 74.8 completion percentage, man. He's got a – 67% expected completion percentage. Like he is, he is killing it, killing it. Aggressive percentage, like your aggressive rate, 18.5, bro. Second in the league. Like, the, oh my God, Josh Allen, dude. Like, this is the best version of Josh Allen that we've seen so far. Like, this is incredible. Like, so, you know, I, I think it's important for people who, who love to hate, like we're talking about a Josh Allen who, according to some, most coming out of college couldn't hit the side of a barn. Is what we say in the South, yeah. right? That man is sitting first in the league in completion percentage. Are you kidding me? That's, I mean, that's what he's been giving you this year. And don't get me wrong, it's fair to criticize those four plays that he had. Sure. In the Jets game, it's fair to do that. But the fact that this is what pisses me off about about these national ESPN and all these guys, the way they talk about Josh, they talked about him as if he didn't play a perfect game outside of those four plays. And like, they didn't, like they, they he is completion percentage was like 72% that game. And he had four interceptions or three interceptions and a fumble. Like, and those are, those are the plays that they harp on. Don't get me wrong. Like, sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he, he had those plays and that should be criticized, but. Let's not act like he didn't play a great game outside of that. And that's what people have been – like people are are saying that he's digressed because of three plays. Like, give me a break. Yeah, Stephen A. said that Josh Allen is is uh, taking himself out of the conversation of the elite quarterbacks last week. It's crazy. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, he's going to say some stupid shit, right? These, these guys don't know ball. Like, I, I, Right, I, right. I just – like there's but, certain people that I'll listen to and there's certain – like. Uh, I may not agree with the, who's the, the quarterback that used to play for the the Lions. I, I, Dan I mean, Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. I may not agree with him on a lot of stuff. Like it, that's besides the point. But at least he he knows ball. Like he understands X's and O's. And he's been the way he's been talking about Josh is exactly how I think about how Josh has played. He's we have a play action guy that that can be one of the best play action quarterbacks in football because of his threat to run. And the rest, it was just time for him to grow up. That was those four plays. Like he needed to grow up after that, and he has. Yeah, I mean, look. Since then, he's been the best quarterback in the league. Absolutely. Best quarterback in the league, and it's not close. Um, you know what I find interesting though? When Josh injured his UCL last year, he was still, even though he didn't miss any time, he was still being criticized heavily, dogging him. People dogging him. But we got Joe Burrow over here who's injured, still playing through it, but he looks like utter dog dookie. Why isn't Joe Burrow under the microscope being criticized like Josh Allen? Because Joe Burrow's the second-best quarterback in the league 
Why aren't we hearing about it? Um, <laughs> Great question, say, right? I don't know whether or not, because I wouldn't, Josh's UCL didn't take away f- from his ability to move and to, he just really couldn't launch the ball as far as he wanted to. No, he could throw, he could throw far. He couldn't no, do the short stuff. I'm saying without hurting. Yeah. Without hurting, he couldn't launch the ball. I, I, I honestly don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't say what exactly that. I don't think that it had anything to do with him throwing short as far as I, maybe, a, maybe his touch, but if a UC, UC would be more of you powering a ball, right? Like burning a ball in there. I don't think that it really hurt it. But regardless, Joe Burrow can't move. Like he can't move around and his alignment's trash. So, like, he can't move around. So, I can't sit here and criticize Joe Burrow. If you're not able to move, you're not getting time to rest your leg and your O line can't block as well as, like, really well at all. And so, how can I sit here and criticize? Joe Bro when he can't move in his alignment, not bother. Sure, but they 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 criticized Josh Allen when his offensive line was was least than average, don't have the weapons, and he couldn't he couldn't use the, the short game at all after week nine last year. So Joe Burrow gonna catch that heat. He's gonna catch that just, fire for me. No, nah, they need to say maybe. all that shit that they were saying about Josh. They need to come for Joe. Okay, for his like what they play. were saying about what they were saying about Josh was his decision making. That was what the the criticism of Josh has always been. Joe is still not making. But they were talking about his. They were talking about uh, Josh's accuracy during that whole injury thing. They were talking about that too. That has to do with decision making. He was throwing the ball to bad. To he was he was throwing the ball up to to bad positions, not going through his reads and not like that's all decision making. That has nothing to do with his injury or being his ability to fire a ball in there. Like nobody was ever criticizing his arm, but like. Joe Burrow is still not making bad decisions. He's just getting sacked a bunch, rushed out, throwing the ball away a lot. Like, I, I just don't get me wrong. I think Josh has been better than Joe. I, I, I don't, I, I agree. don't have that argument whatsoever. I just I don't agree. think it's fair to criticize. Oh, he's gonna get that smoke <laughs> when he can't move. He's he gonna get I mean? that smoke he, from me. He literally can't move. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you, you suit up. You well, suiting was, up. You, yeah. Hey. You better sit your butt down if you can't give it all. They're not. I feel like they're not. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, but right now, I don't care to know. I just want to have a narrative right now. Their coach, if anything needs to be criticized, their coach needs to say, "Joe, you're not playing the next two weeks." Right? That's Why would way. you jeopardize your season right now? Get that man healthy and then throw him out there. Why do all this right now? Why keep well, playing him? That's the criticism that I have with. And if Josh couldn't throw the ball the way that he wanted to, which I don't think is the case, even though that's what you're bringing up right now, I don't think that that injury had anything to do with him throwing the football. <laughs> uh, but I, just, I, he should have been sat down the same way I'm saying Joe Burrow should be sat down. Look, it's my job to bring out the subtleties, right? Even right, wrong, or indifferent. I got, I got, you know, I'm, I gotta make sure you're on your toes, man. You know, I got I, I got to throw it out there regardless because that's what I do. But I do feel a certain type of way about this Joe Burrow thing. And, and let's while we're on quarterbacks, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Jalen freaking Hurts. Like, I, I just feel like maybe I'm a big Josh Allen stan. Call me a Josh Allen truther or whatever you it may be. But this stuff in the offseason about Jalen Hurts, you didn't say this, but I heard a lot of this. I feel the opposite of this. Jalen Hurts being a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Get the F out of here. Yeah, but you guys are still you, – you and Spence were still on Jalen Hurts as – like, I don't even think Jalen Hurts is top five quarterback. I, he, uh, he is in a, that situation of a, like, better version of Brock Purdy. He has Damn. a great team around him, a great running game, great receivers, great O-line, and he can move better than Brock Purdy, but his his – He's not been playing that great against teams that he should be playing. Like if he he played great in the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, and that's what we remember. It's similar to Gabe Davis. Sure, sure. I mean, we remember that going into the next year. I just don't think that he's a top five guy right now in the league. I just die. I I. I'm he's not, not playing like after he got paid. I don't think that he was playing like that. Other than that Super Bowl last year, I don't think that he was playing like that last year. A top five guy in the league. I mean, I the just, dude had what twenty two touchdowns. 
like passing last year. Like that's not that to me. That's not elite. Yeah, right. That's and not elite. A lot to of me. his touchdowns were coming off that damn quarterback sneak. <laughs> like when you get to the one and he three of his touchdowns. Ooh. I watched DeAndre Swift run them two games ago. I watched him run them to the one yard line and Jalen Hurts quarterback sneak it into the from Bro. the yard line twice. You know how pissed I'd be as a running back. And you quarterback sneak that shit in there twice. Like, dude, that's hey, hey, Harry Roseman got to save face, dog. They done paid <laughs> this man the bag. Hey, of course they're going to put Jalen Hurts in position to get that, that tush push. Absolutely. But, like, damn, like, let's not, let's not overdo. He's a great game manager. He's a great game manager. And Brock Purdy has been a solid game manager. But they are game managers, none the least. So, so okay. So then, what what about Lamar Jackson? How do you feel about him? I I feel like Lamar Jackson has more like, as far as the running game, he can do more in the running game um, than those two can. So he's he's affecting the game more than they do with his legs. I still think that if you play man across the board and make him beat you with your arm, his arm, you're going to lose that game. He he can't do it. He's they're gonna lose it. We've we've shown that right every time we've played that Ravens. Yeah, other than the first time shout out to Leslie Frazier on that. Right, right. We have shown that every time we played the Ravens that we will play man across the board and Lamar's gonna have to beat up with his arm. And he throws pick after pick after year, big interceptions, not like crazy. They they move up the field, don't get me wrong. Oh, they're gonna get their yards, but as soon as they get in the red zone, interception, interception, interception. He's done that for Two years now, last year and then the year before that when we played. Yeah, and I so mean, like, it's, it's funny because, you know, the defensive ends are only playing contain, right? They're going to play man across the board and say, hey. They're going to mirror linemen just back and forth. You're going to yep. sit in the pocket and throw it. Sit, yep. sit, sit in the pocket and throw it. We're going to, you know what I mean? Like, And I think I think uh, Lamar is a top five quarterback, but he's on that edge of five because I just don't think that's a winnable offense scheme in the playoffs. I just, that's not my I'm, – I'm at the position where I don't think that you can sit there and be just a run football team. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I agree. Okay, so before – when we get back, we're going to do our, our – our, one of our sponsors, Picasso's Pizza. But let's talk about James Cook and Dalton Kincaid coming – Coming up, oh, you ready? We can talk about yeah. yeah, let's let's do that. All <laughs> right, so let's do the sponsor real quick, and then we'll be right back. Hey, football fans, the season is here, so you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season, and the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. All right, that's Picasso's Pizza. Make sure you get yourself a slice. Um, and those for those of you who are new to the show, thank you and welcome. This is the Chop Up here with uh, Stoles for the Girls and my dog, Obro, Albro Poe. In the house, you know, we ever here, we're doing our thing, we're doing our thing. Uh, we're on the back end of the show here. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings Vicast Feed on all your social media and podcast forms. We're there, so uh, we'll be here all season. But let me ask you a question. So, one of the things that that I've been clinging to this season, I told you, I'm gonna remind you of this. Not that you're wrong, I mean, but I'm right. But Dalton Kincaid, okay, Dalton Kincaid. You were saying How are you right? Because I am. What you tell no, me? I'm about to. I'm, I'm about to. Don't, you go ahead. Go right. ahead. God, I give you the floor. I'm gonna give you the floor. Because you, you were saying like, I told you. Don't don't catches miss, don't catches miss. wise. I think he's gonna get his yards. He's gonna get his yards. But catches that man. He's second on the team in targets. Third in team. Uh, second on the team in catches. Is that what he is right now? I don't know. But he has 15 for 99. That's great. That's okay. Look, that's great. When we had this conversation in the offseason, y'all see him getting riled up. Look at him. Yeah, because at me, when Look we had this him. conversation in the offseason, when everybody was having this little hype of him being the next Travis Kelsey, yet or whatever, whatever, you, you were having the argument that he's going to be the second, the, the second option on this football team. That was your argument. That mm-hmm. He was going to be the second option. He has 99 football yards in four games. 
He has 99 football yards and four. I said that he's going to have around 500 yards, which I'm about to be correct. He's if, if you go 99, if you go based off his current production, he's going to that, – that's around where he's going to be. Timothy. He's never – he's not going to be the type of guy that gets 150 yards in a game. That's just not the Him. way he's going to do it. He's not a second – he's not going to be a second Him. until he's like later on in his career, maybe. Like, You're a naysayer. You're no, a naysayer. No, 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 no. And I'm just telling you – the numbers. Just look at the numbers. You know what? You're a naysayer. <laughs> second year, Dalton Kincaid is going to be much better. Dalton Kincaid. Watch. Watch. I said Dawson Knox is going to steal it. Like, not steal, but he's going to take too many reps from him in the non-double tight end set Sure. for him to be the number two option on this team. Both of them are going to have to be like the three, four, three, five option on the team like that may come down the line like way down the line two second third year um to where he starts turning into a second option on this team but that's not this year that'll be after gabe is long gone you know it's like prime says we coming okay dalton here dalton 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 how many touchdowns? Dalton is Himothy. I'm telling you. London. He's going to go to London. And Gabe going to be having 150 yards in London. London, mate. He's going to be eating crumpets. He's going to be killing it. Watch. You're killing the accent, by the way. I know. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. Dalton Kincaid against the freaking Jaguars this weekend. Seventy yards. Give my man seventy yards. Five catches, seventy yards. No, absolutely. No, absolutely not. They got they got really good linebacker core. I don't care. Absolutely, Gabe's gonna be crazy this this weekend. Oh, Gabe, Gabe, look, Gabe's been playing good. I I ain't taking nothing from Gabe. I don't I don't disagree with you about Gabe. No, you can't agree with me about Gabe and then also think that Dalton Cade's ever gonna be a second option while Gabe. Watch, you watch. That's it's never. A, that's not gonna listen, listen, young buck. It's okay. You gonna Dawson's be Dawson's also playing really well. So, like, <laughs> you could argue that Dawson's played better than Dalton this year. They both been playing really well. Like, so I have like, no. Like, that's the argument. You cannot have that argument. That you're well, arguing with yourself. I'm no, saying no, the facts. No, 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 no. Okay. You said I was wrong. You, you said are. I was wrong. I wasn't. You are. <laughs> I've actually been 100 percent correct with Dalton. You're wrong. Like Jerome. You're wrong. Okay, so. What about my boy James Cook? James Cook has been a nice revelation. Like, it's it's cool to speculate and have fun with and have an idea of what we think he's going to produce. But man, he's been really good, really good. I was correct about that too. Oh, here we go. Look. I was absolutely correct. If we go back to I, we, I can go back and I can go back and look at these. Uh-oh. Davis, I I said David. Hold on, bring up. I said Davis is going to have a better year than T Higgins. And the absolutely has been happening so far. So, <laughs> bro, if you want to make it shoot Joe Burrow or whatever, I don't give a damn. What you say, Triggs? I don't give a damn. Triggs is incorrect. What, what do you, you say, Triggs? Incorrect. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Four it's wild out here in these streets, man. Four touchdowns in four games. My man still didn't get credit. It's great. It was, I mean, when you talk to Gabe, man, like – what does he tell you? He's like, I got you. That's what we no, tell you. I haven't talked. I haven't talked to Gabe. I just know how Gabe is. I know his his working mindset. Like he's gonna yeah. Man, it'd be really nice to see him, like, just take that next step. It would really be nice to see him do that. He's looking good, man. He he's the, he's the, he's doing his part. Gabe. Yeah. The thing I like about Gabe is that he hasn't had like a crazy performance, and he still has good numbers. He hasn't had that crazy performance that we like. Every night, like Gabe, like, he can have like a two hundred yard game. That's Save it. Give it to me in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, you know what I'm whatever saying? it is, like, but that's how that's how he is. Like, he's gonna have one of those games where he just goes crazy. Like a few of those games where he just goes for like two hundred yards. If he's averaging this before any of that happens, I'll take that all day. Oh yeah, you, you know, and and as as much shit as we talk about, or I talk about Dalton Kincaid. Like, if we can, if they can incorporate him more in the offense. It's only gonna free up Gabe to do even more. Yeah, you know, because you you need that threat underneath, you know, to let Gabe kind of freely do his thing. What he does best is down the field, right? So, I think we all need to keep hoping that. I mean, I like what Dorsey's doing, like you know, getting Gabe, you know, uh, on these short routes, right? The guy that we could probably like 
not walk back, but like yeah, shout out to Ken because Ken has played has, he is since since I'll even say week one, two, but like since week two started, like he's been a very good offensive coordinator. You know, you know what I've been appreciating about Dorsey this year? His philosophy and dedication to the to running the ball. Yeah. It's one of those things I felt like Sean always wanted. Yeah. But like the way his design of the run game is something beautiful. Like yeah. he really is man, dog. It's beautiful the way he's calling it. And then you got the play of Osiris Torrance and Connor McGovern. I mean, the whole O line and run blocking, they're looking pretty good. I actually I actually said something to somebody the other day. Um they have a like it's not really a draw. It's kind of like a an outside zone from shotgun where Josh will sprint out, hand the ball to Cook while they're zone blocking to the left, or yeah, it's usually to the left because it's always right, right, right. So that play, they came out with a like a um, a nice slow pass block to the left. Josh will sprint out, play action, came back. The fact that Dorsey is setting up plays for weeks down the line with say. with some plays that he's you know what I mean like and that's what I like like if he's doing that now like we can do that throughout the season and then cycle back to some of these plays like I like the way he's been he's been setting things up and I actually the fact uh Diggs had talked about this in one of his interviews in the offseason where it wasn't bashing but he was being critical of Ken at the way he didn't, he wasn't setting things up for the future, right down the line. And so, like, I, I do enjoy the fact that Dorsey has been setting things up in previous games and, and kind of getting into his bag that way and kind of stacking his play calls. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, to your point, it goes back to the touchdown where they had Deontay Hardy come in motion in the backfield, right? And Josh looked his way. And then you had uh, Gabe on the like a slot fade or something like that, yeah. and, and right down. I mean, it it was beautiful. Like you know, you saw a play like that week two, that's manifesting itself in week four. Like right. that, that's good play calling right there. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that we, you know, that's we, what we got about. from Dayball. That, that's how yeah. Dayball's mind. Works. Andy Reid in the Super Bowl with some yeah. of his calls. Like that's the making of a good offensive coordinator right there. And I think it all starts with the run game. I think. You know, as as awesome as Josh is when it comes to throwing the ball, you gotta have something to support that, right? Yeah. And that run game with James Cook and Latavius Murray, it looks really good, man. So shout out to that dude. Good mix too. Latavius yeah. has been a good surprising. I I couldn't have said that I called this, but I like the Latavius Murray pickup for obviously he's solid. Mm -hmm. He's always solid. And so, but he's been a surprising, like, better than solid. Um, he's blocking well, which is why they really have him out there. He's a great pass blocker. Um, but then the fact that he can run the ball, too, and he still has got that, like, a nice pop. He doesn't have the breakaway speed still, but right. he's got a nice pop to him about him. Yeah. No, I mean, and he, you know, it's like Josh doesn't have to do any of that short yardage stuff anymore. Right. You don't. Because he's got guys that can, he got three guys that can do it. Right. And I do like. I like that they haven't went – they, they're not calling it out of necessity anymore for Josh run plays, mm -hmm. not calling run plays, but right. it's out of want. And the fact that it's not out of necessity just opens up his his legs' ability even more as yep. long as he's making correct decisions. And that touchdown that he had was a perfect example of, okay, I see four defenders on my four blockers over here. Let me, they check to it and it was a second play call and he pulls and goes. And like, that's what I want to see out of, out of want to, for him to run the ball. That's what I want to see. I don't want it to be necessity on third and short for Josh to have the ball in his hands. Right. But out of him wanting to have the ball in his hands and, and, and the capability to do it and it opens up and it's just been, it's been a good offense. So I've, yeah, it's championship caliber football that the Bills have. This is the first time that I, I can honestly say, like, I mean, I, I hope and wish the Bills win the Super Bowl every year, but this is yeah. the first time that I could say, like, okay, based off of what we've seen out of four weeks, they finally have the balance that they need to contend. The first week last year when they were all happy, when this entire defense was uh -huh. outside of Trey White. Yeah, it looked great. That offense and defense was something that I could see could contend. We have looked like a contend, like championship contender without Vaughn. And when Vaughn gets back, it's just going to be better. I feel like I feel like Vaughn is a 
somebody you can insert into a championship winning team and just make you a little bit better. Like <laughs> I, I'm excited for when Warner comes back. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the offensive line too, man. I think having Conor McGovern, right? Uh, you know, and Osiris Torrance at guard, I think that really helps a ton, man. It's a big deal. So, yeah, the Bills are on their way. I mean, I think they're the best team in the league to me. I think that they are the only ones that stopping themselves from winning the title. If they stay healthy, the Niners are up there, but I think the Bills are better because Josh Purdy, I mean, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you get to those stakes, I think that's what it comes down to. Who's the better quarterback? Who has a better quarterback going to win the game? Typically, right? Who, which quarterback makes the best decisions? And right. As of right now, Josh has been right there as far as decision making. So it's hey, just here's what I feel: if the if the Bills were to face off against the Niners, it won't be the same outcome as the Tua thing. But the Bills right now, the 49ers, their offensive line, interior offensive line, they struggle a little bit there. And I think that they can, if they can, McCaffrey's going to get his buck twenty. Right? We're going to let him have that. But oh, no. I don't care. Give give McCaffrey 120 yards from scrimmage. Give it to him. 60, 60. I don't care. He's going to get his. But outside of that, Brock Purdy's going to have to make plays. And yeah, I, so A lot of starting running backs that we thought were going to go crazy have not gone crazy. Well, shit. even if he doesn't. He, I'm just being generous right now. Right, right, right. You know, because I don't want to shit on the 49ers. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bills are better. I think they're the best team in the league. That's, I mean, that's a, their top two, if not. Sure. So like it's um, as far as where they where they played, I don't think they could be argued that they're in. The, it can't be argued that they're not in the top three. They're definitely top three. But yeah, I can't wow. wait to the Bills for the Cowboys and the Eagles. That that I cannot wait for that. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, I, I cannot mean, wait for that. I'm excited for just this next week because the vibe for me is going to be a lot better than it was last week. I'm sure it is. So let me <laughs> ask you a question before we get out of here. What's your prediction for Sunday, and where are you watching the game? Um, I actually post on Twitter. I'm not sure. Um, it's going to be at 9.30, so I, I just don't know what's going to be open. Actually, a lot of people have reached out to see if I want to come to their whatever that is. So I don't know where I'm going to watch it yet. Um, but my prediction for this game is going to be Bills 40, Jags 17. Ooh, I like that. I think Josh remembered that game that they had against the Jags a couple years ago where he he did not play good at it. It was similar to the the Jets game where like it was just bad decision after bad decision after we we lost nine to six. And so um and that was one of the years where our offense was supposed to be humming towards the end or they were humming towards the end of the year. So um we got a super I, chat here. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. So he, uh, John DeFazio, thank you for supporting us to the show. He says, why are we different now? Depth on O-line and D-line, impactful linebacker play, deep secondary, consistent run game. Not That's not Josh's play action. Josh never really had a play action game. Uh, more aggressive defense that leads to turnover. So why are we different now than we I think have he was in the past? Stating that. I think he was stating that. That's why we're different oh. now. Um, now, I agree. I do think that the, the fact that our D-line has played as well as they have has been the difference between this year and other years um, on defense. If I'm just looking at the defense side of the ball, our D-line being consistently really good um, to pair with the DBs that we already knew, like our defensive backs has been solid for four, five, six years now. And we were, we've been drafting D-linemen and going and mm-hmm. picking up D-linemen to turn that corner uh, on the defense, and they finally have it. Um, and then on the offensive line, I, I agree. The depth on the offensive line as, as well they've been playing is the difference uh, along with Josh's decision. Yeah, I got to go with the trenches. I think games are won in the trenches, man, and they've had a significant boost in play on both sides of the ball. Like, you know, we talked about, you know, Osiris Torrance and Connor McGovern, but, hey, our other three guys are looking pretty good too. Deion Dawkins, right? Mitch Morris and Smith. This is Brown. what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Right. So we, yeah. we had this deal, guys, for two, three years now. We've been waiting for an yep. O-line and D-line groups yep. that we're going to dominate. And now they, they have that. So that's why, yes, we are a championship team. Yeah. Greg Rousseau's taking a step. Leonard Floyd's looking great. Vaughn is coming back. Vaughn's coming back. 
Ed, uh, Ed Oliver is looking like a top 10 defensive tackle in this league. Like, this is the reason Daquan why. Daquan Jones is hidden. Oh, man. I, my bad. I forgot about Daquan. God, yeah, Daquan's still. the best noses in the game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for the super chat. Uh, if I had to pick a score, I, I would say 35-13 Bills. Um, so, that, that's going to be the score. But, hey, this has been – it's always fun chopping it up with you. You know, it's it's always great. Um, you know, talking ball, giving you shit is just this my it's just what I live to do. I just love being right week after week. Sure, after sure, week. sure. Right. Every, every week I come on here and Sterling and Spence is just the beating will ensue. The beating will ensue. Well, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe. Go ahead and watch Line the Game right after us. This is the chop up, and we out of here. Cause I do what I want Self-made everything You know we gon' stun You know that we eatin' It's lookin' like lunch So I tell them that I need it Up front Can't tell me Cause I do what I want Self-made everything You know we gon' stun You know that we eatin' It's lookin' like lunch So I tell them that I need it Everything around my whole team